Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Hello. You're right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, how are you? How's your week? Um, I, uh, I mean, honestly, the world feels very much still on fire at the moment. Things feel very bad. Uh, a lot of bad things happening all over the place. Uh, civil rights being eroded. People's identities being erased. Um, but the one good thing that has happened this week is um, Kleenex have got rid of man-sized tissues. Um, thank bloody about bloody time is all I can say because I think it's the conversation the world needs to have right now it is the thing that Twitter needs to discuss um, I think it's time I think in in, in uh, 2018 we need to just admit that they should just be called jizz sized tissues um, for anyone any person of any gender who just needs to do a big jizz um, thanks Kleenex thanks for being so woke my guest this week is Sophie Duker. Sophie Duker is a stand-up comedian uh, based in London. She's uh, written for The Now Show and News Quiz. Uh, I've seen her do stand-up loads of times. I think she's really special, really talented. She does a night in London uh, called Wacky Racists, which is a brilliant title, uh, which showcases um, people of colour and, and other acts um, uh, that might not be represented on the comedy scene. Uh, she is extremely funny, which is very helpful, and she is a force for good as a human being. Uh, so yeah, so Sophie was really kind to share her fears with me over uh, over a Brewdog IPA Elvis Juice, the grapefruit flavoured beer that I enjoy, um, and some seasonally themed Halloween chocolate. I am relentlessly on brand. Um, we talk about uh, Sophie uh, talks about scary moments in her life. We talk about caving, which she has a phobia about. Uh, her childhood fear of talking to grown-ups on the phone, uh, her f- the scariest movie she's ever seen, which was actually a pregnancy rom-com. Um, it's, a, it's a really brilliant chat. Also, when we're talking, um, uh, a name comes up. Uh, my, my friend Sarah Gibbs, who is a uh, comedy writer, she's a, one of the creators of Succubus magazine online. She's very funny. And um, the reason I mention her is because we, we're talking about um, a thread that she started on Twitter um, called hashtag actually autistic, which I found absolutely fascinating. Um, and I'm, I'm mentioning it now because you might want to go and look at it. It's um, just her very personal experience of, um, of autism, but containing lots of stuff I never knew before that's incredibly helpful um, uh, to, to, to understand it a bit more. Um, I, it really kind of her to share that with us. So look that up, hashtag actually autistic. So please enjoy this chat. Um, let me know what you think of the show at the Fear Podcast. Uh, there's a couple of really excellent guests coming up for the next few weeks. Really excited about that. You can follow Sophie on Twitter at Sophie Dukebox, D-U-K-E-B-O-X. Um, Sophie's doing a really brilliant thing at the moment for Black History Month, um, but the hashtag BHM Blacklist, where she um, 
reveals every day on Twitter as a, a phenomenon or person that you did not know was black. Very helpful. So, for example, Blackjacks, The Sweet, they're black. Um, Dot Cotton from EastEnders is black. Rebecca Black from The Friday Song is black. Meghan Markle's Unborn Baby is black. So, I mean, it's incredibly educational, so get on that BHM blacklist. Uh, but for now, enjoy my chat with the phenomenal, the very funny, and the absolutely unmediocre, which is something that comes up in the conversation, the wonderful Sophie Duker. Cheers. So the first time I ever did stand-up comedy mm-hmm. was in France at a night called Funny, Lonely, Vicious. Wow. Um, which is apparently a way that someone, maybe Will Ferrell, describes stand-up comedy as being funny, lonely, and vicious. Cool. Which, as far as I yeah. can tell so far, is true. Um, and it was like a weird... It was in English. It was like English language night in Paris. Uh, so like everyone there was... Real weird. I wonder how you can make the story cooler. Were you? <laughs> we were all smoking shit. Yeah. We all had like flick knives. Yeah, it was cool. Like, everyone, like a bit, you know, jabby, but lots of flick knives in Paris. Sure. Great time. Uh, I'm sorry, my idea of what's cool starts and ends with French exchange students at the age of 1992. Bum bags, you know. It's cool to have weapons. They had like bangers, like to the coolest people. <laughs> So Gainsbourg just had bangers and flick knives. Yeah, that's, that's I'm sorry. No, Continue. No, no, no. All, Why were you in France? I was um, in France because I did French at university. Yeah, ah. and other things. And the other thing was English. It's mm. French and English, two languages, uh, which both of which I still speak. Um, and yeah, and it was like this English language night, and he had a mix of sort of the host of the night had a mix of comedians mm. or comedy and like storytelling. Mm. And like it was kind of a bit amorphous, but all the storytellers just wanted to do stand up. Oh. And I was like, I'm not going to go and. St- How old are you? I was 20. 20? 20. And did you did you I know think. you wanted to do stand up, or you just fancied? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know. You just wanted to get up and perform yeah. at this. I've done thing. improv before. Sorry, that crackling was. Sorry, <laughs> the crackling of us having a little. Uh, it's it's the season, so we're having uh, spooky Halloween themed. Cadbury's chocolate, what are they called? Goo heads. Goo heads, yeah. Goo heads. We've got some pumpkin, chocolate pumpkins as well. <gasps> chocolate pumpkins. Mm. I was perturbed when I bit into the egg and there was a centre. Mm. Like anything that's like approaching realism in a food stuff. That's <laughs> oh, it's got like a yolk in it. Like It's like a scream egg, but smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I love how you called it a scream egg because it's Halloween. Because it's the season. But you just said I just cream egg. <laughs> it's like a cream egg. You th- you'd think I could. I couldn't. <laughs> I'm very specific about my seasonal chocolate. Mm. It'll be discounted in two weeks' time and that makes them even sweeter. Um, I'm sorry, I continue while I eat the scream egg. Uh, so yeah, par- I've uh, done improv before and mm. I was actually... Um, in Paris at the same time as another comedian who you might know, mm-hmm. will know, uh, called Ivo Graham, who's okay. one of my very dear friends. Mm. And I think maybe he had, he had done this night. Uh, I didn't think I wanted to be a comedian. I just always thought that I was too neurotic and like comedians have to speak about themselves. And so if I spoke about myself, I'd like end up dredging up this like her- ter- terrible thing and being uh-huh. completely like self-obsessed and horrible. Um, but I really liked showing off. So... I did it. Uh-huh. Um, I think I, for a bit I pretended to be uh, Sasha Obama. Oh, nice. Oh, she did yeah. character. 
Well, it was Very kind smart. of like, yeah, I was... No, I didn't... I, I said that that was what I did. Like, I pretended to be Sasha Brown because she was, like, the hot one. Right. Um, like, so to try to convince French people that I was Sasha Obama. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember anything else that I did apart from make, like, a weird sort of feminist point about doing stand-up as a woman. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think there was, like, some sort of, like, convoluted dick joke involving Ivo. Um... But I don't really want to relive it. <laughs> did you feel? How did you feel afterwards? Mm, I was terrified because the guy was like, "Oh, it was my first time." He was like, "It's a first time." Mm. So, oh no! Be, yeah, he threw you under the bus. He really threw me under the wow. bus. Um, but I, I weirdly after that time, I did it once more, and then I didn't do it again for like two years or three years, um, because. I just did it because I was in Paris and I was like, I'm going to do it. Oh, and it was a bubble and you were never going to repeat it. Well, it was just like a bubble. I just like needed to do it. And then I did it and I sort of mm. forgot about it because I was too busy, like being so French and being <laughs> passionate love affair. Uh, and then I just like, you get to a point where like with improv, where like it's hard to like bring the band together right. and like everyone's got real jobs and like it's taking oh, so you were in an time. improv group. You were, I kind of, yeah, yeah, I kind of did mm. improv with two of my mm. best friends from Oxford after we left uh-huh. and, uh, it was really fun. We went to the end of fringe. We had a show called apocalypse. How? Even the good ones. Yeah. Apocalypse. How? Yeah. Um, Ooh, I, love I love I love improv I so much and then I was just like if I want to get on stage and do stuff I've got to just kind of do it by myself mm. and so I did 15 minutes of stand up at this weird night um, that we put on in Kentish Town where we just did stuff that we were scared to do mm. kind of so we did sketches which we were scared to do and I did 15 minutes of stand up so this is the theme of the night was do some material you're scared to do uh, I mean, that was our theme as our group. Oh, your like, theme. We're going to do some oh, stuff that we've not done okay. before that we don't know if we're good at. Right. And I did some stand-up and nobody died, which there is you go. crucial. That is, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just like, cool, I'll do it again. I'll enter Funny Women. Yeah. But mainly because it looked like a competition that you could enter without having very much experience, which is what right. they sold it as. Mm. And I did it and I got through and then I was terrified because I was like oh, I've got to keep doing comedy because otherwise I'm going to get <laughs> to the next round and everyone else is going to be a real comedian and I... Oh, that's great. So you I'm put the kind stupid. of uh, fire under yourself to like... Yeah. I was just like, I was just like petrified. Mm. It was very, very scary. How do you psych yourself up? How do you... How do you I mean, you're not... It doesn't feel like you're faking it. It feels like you are genuinely enthusiastic, very happy to be there. I do like... I do like. Where being... does that energy come from? Because I fucking need some. Is it, is it cream eggs? Is it cre- no, it's not cream eggs. I, oh, it's just like... Okay, so if it's a really scary gig, like I did like the biggest, the most people that I've um, uh, performed to, I think just kind of like blinding yourself to like the scariness of what's going to happen. I did a gig in Edinburgh that was like a 2,000 capacity mm. audience and it was the biggest audience that I've performed to and I didn't really realise it was going to be that big. Mm. I thought, I'm always like blindsided by these things so I googled the venue before yeah. and it was like capacity 350 and I was like okay wow. it's like a big gig and then I got there uh, and someone picked me up to take me to the dressing room and it was like a seven minute walk Whoa. and I was like this doesn't feel like a 350 capacity uh, venue and then um, 
Flo and Joan were there and I was like guys how how big is this gig mm. and they were like oh there are it's like 2,000 capacity wow uh, Reeve and I was like oh right I'm doing new material what's, what's mm. uh, going on um, I think the way that I get myself into it is just by being by just like convincing myself that is the like it is the best time that I'm going to have on stage like great. I'm going to be like this is great this is amazing and it is also amazing to just be like Everyone has to shut up and listen. <laughs> Once I've done this, I can go off stage and have a grapefruit-infused IPA. <laughs> Elvis juice. Well, you've, it's weird that you've been thinking that all this time <laughs> in your career. and Yeah, yeah. so I just kind of mm. like, I'd be like, you're going to have fun. It's going to mm. be great. I'm going to have fun. And then get on being like, I want to have fun. And sometimes mm. people are like, yes, this is good. You want to have fun. And other times people are like, stop now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How do, do you have any uh, like physical stuff you do about stage fright or like nerves or anything like that? Uh, someone told me about the like power poses thing. Uh, tell me about power poses. <laughs> so just doing like a power pose, like kind of making a Y with your arms or something. Or, like, <gasps> to the sort of, like being made, taking up a lot of physical space. Okay, that's amazing. Uh, which uh, it's quite hard to do. So I, c- I couldn't really do that like backstage with Rob Delaney, who I don't know very right, well. Sure. Um, I did do it at a gig where I sort of like started basically doing yoga. Like I went down into like a sort of press up, like did a mm. big lunge. It's quite fun to make yourself quite big before you oh, go on. That's great. And yeah, I like, guess that's sort of like yeah, doing something really un- unnormal and making yeah, making yeah. yourself take up space and allowing yourself to be big in a room that's that's really interesting yeah it's yeah. nice unfortunately yeah. lots of backstage spaces are very small cramped behind curtains did you all, so do it, did you all find yourself doing it together just what, I was going to say you and all the women comics on the same bill yeah all right. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the women on the same bill just yeah, making yeah. a big a big y- with their arms you're doing um, beautiful YMCA arms yeah I'm doing YMCA arms <laughs> so I realised I was looking yeah. up towards the sky when I said yeah. uterus arms so it probably sounded like I was floating up to <laughs> uterus arms is, is I'm now going to call it that when I do what's it salute to the sun or whatever yeah do salutes but you could make your like hands into fists so they'd be like <laughs> ovaries <laughs> doing it oh yeah and we are the hang on I can't think of the name <laughs> my, oh, with my the, grasp of anatomy fallopian yeah with, you're the sort of yeah the sort of uterine yeah the goat skull the goat skull <laughs> yeah. oh wow you're like the I've center never... of the goat skull oh no I've like got, a goat skull i've got like a ram's head on my front door i live no, in a witch's yeah. house um and in your pants and baby gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming... oh my god i'm so sorry wow no it's we fine i got a goat <laughs> a goat skull in my pants and on my door <laughs> And I'm ready to dance. Um, I'm so sorry. Tell me why what I just said was unacceptable um, by telling me about your show, Diet Work. Diet Work. Diet Work, uh, which diet- I saw and it was great. Thank you. Thank you for coming to see it. Mm. Um, I have killed it. I mean, I probably haven't killed it. Um, you killed that show. So this is this is your show that you did last year for Edinburgh. It was like a half Edinburgh show, a demi? It was like a sort of, it was a semi. A, a semi, semi, a semi, semi Edinburgh, Edinburgh show. show, yeah. It was a show that... Uh, As in it was half the time, not half the quality. It was not half the time. It was not half the time. Well, the time me. that I first did it properly, it was 45 minutes, okay. which was just tactical because mm-hmm. uh, if you do a show that's 50 minutes or longer then it's a real show apparently yeah. so oh so you wouldn't get newcomer for next year and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I did it in Edinburgh I did it five minutes shorter at 40 minutes because mm-hmm. I was splitting my time with a comedian called Lulu Popperwell uh, and so yeah I did it every other day as part of a 
split bill. That seems like a really sensible idea. Thank you. Um, so what was, tell me about the show. It was 45 minutes. It was a semi, but it was 45 minutes and it was... It was just me talking about um, stuff. So I think the reason I did it is that I felt like I wanted to get it out of my system. Like I talk a lot about uh, the world and stuff and mm. not a lot about myself. Right. Um, and I wanted to talk about uh, things in the world that I thought were unjust or weird or messed up, like the royal family or sexism or racism, uh, and just like the kind of state of things in a way that I feel like maybe you don't really get a chance to do in your everyday life. Mm. Like the kind of conclusion of the show was that like you don't really get to be angry all the time because you can't just yeah. be like foaming at the mouth because you've got to get paid. You've got to pick your battles. That's yeah. what seems to be... I mean, look, I, I love that you open the show with asking people what makes them angry mm. and you get different responses. Um, and they're some honest and some less. But people are like, oh, climate change. Yeah. And, and this. <laughs> like, oh, I'm angry. Like, loads of people say Trump, yeah. which is like, it's obviously... too big. He's too big. He's, he's, yeah. he's massive. Yeah, but, he's um, <laughs> Like a mushroom. Uh, um, I'm reading Stormy Daniels' autobiography at the moment. It's oh, so good. Oh. I even read The Childhood. You know, like, normally you skip through The Childhood, but in her case, you're like, no, I want to know The Childhood. Yeah, this is, this is crucial. Yeah, it's a lot oh. about horses. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, loves horses. Wow. Loves horses. Really funny writer, or really funny when we yeah, I assume Ghost Rider involved because it's bit, yeah, she's busy. But she, the stories are all real. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, sorry, sidetrack. Yeah. But it's a really good. It's really good. Say brief, yeah. Trump because it's yeah. the kind of thing where they yeah. know they should be angry about. It. Yeah, that's not really. Yeah. What makes people? I mean, obviously, people get angry, but you get angry about Trump. But you live in the UK. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just like. Mm. Okay, but it's also it's so big as well. It's it's, so it's, a, it's yeah. It's more like people's traffic or like they're someone was wearing the same top as them that day or something, and then they feel. But I think I I love the 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 sort of concept of woke, which is now because of the speed with which everything moves in life has gone in about the space of six months to don't know what this word means to oh it means this to it being a sort of weaponized word that means yeah. you're being too much of a thing and and it's only like it just mean what when the eight in the 90s was called PC mm-hmm. and in the 80s was called being right on yeah <laughs> where it was yeah. like Rick from the young ones talking about yeah. South Africa and yeah, boycotting yeah, yeah. grapefruits and stuff but Though yeah I do I do think it has been like bastardized a little bit to be like scoring points by being yeah. woke um like it would be to be PC and stuff because I think actually like I think actually being woke is a good thing yes. to be I mean the, the the sort of definition of it being you are enlightened to or are aware of are taking the time out to consider the feelings of something is that all seems fine it all seems quite nice but then you hear it now it's just oh you're so fucking woke Uh, God, stop thinking about the people. Why are you? And, and then you catch yourself being too fucking woke, and you're like, "Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I, I can. I heard that just." Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but people, yeah. So, so, so that was the inspiration for the show. Was that was of, yeah? That was the inspiration. Just talking about the world, talking about stuff. It was nice because I got well. I was. I've been talking to several other women in comedy. Mm. 
um, about having the perils of having woke fans. Um, oh, okay. Because there are certain comedians who shall not be named uh, who kind of make it their thing to be really woke and to be really inclusive of mm. everybody. Um, and that's a really hard oh, thing to do. Oh, I can think of do. five people who I think you're subtweeting now. But yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Mm, um, <laughs> and I don't, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying I don't agree with these people, mm. I don't like these people, but I think it's a very dangerous road because there'll always be someone being like, well, why haven't you thought about this? And like, yeah. why are you not including this? And I felt triggered by this. And mm. I think also people come to, especially when you show, do a show called Diet Woke, uh, there's a kind of expectation that you like you think you've 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 got it like this is the and especially yeah. like as a black woman um, a lot what? of people <laughs> I know surprise I'm sorry I had no idea congratulations <laughs> fine father thank you as a black woman um, people come and they're like oh this black woman has said this so I'm going to take this as the way that I should deal with oh race. like you're in charge of everything I'm in charge yeah, of everything of course so you I'm are. like the voice box for yeah. oh shit and that's, like, that's so I say something about race yeah. and it must be true and I'm like I'm not necessarily like good on race I'm yeah. just like me on race yeah. or like me on feminism and a lot mm. of my views aren't necessarily great um but i know that the way things are isn't great so i'm like change yeah. change those please but i'm also probably terribly flawed like yeah. a like a baronic hero <laughs> <laughs> i think it's it, it no one at the moment it feels like just it just feels like no one wants to be told off and I think that's a completely reasonable position to start from, where it's like no one wants to be told off when they're trying their best. Mm-hmm. And that is any most of the time when people are being pissy, it's because they feel like they've just been told off and they don't like it because they're good people and they feel like they've tried their best and they'd be. And then it's like that seems so like okay to me. Mm-hmm. But have you ha- had any um, particularly woke or unwoke moments recently? Of that I have done, or yeah, oh, either people. it's just been in the occurs to you. Don't worry if not. I know it's a bit of a kind of weird. Oh, when was the last time you got bollocked for something, or or bollocked someone for something? Okay, so one once I I did a gig at York SU, York Student Union, a mm. freshers' gig, and I was like picking on people. Like a lot, I don't pick on people. <laughs> I'm just talking <laughs> to someone in the audience, and then oh, uh, I saw this girl sitting near the back, mm. and she had on these like big dark sunglasses yeah. and I was like oh, how hungover are you that you're indoors at comedy gig on Sunday night uh. and Freshers Week and you're wearing those sunglasses and then in my head I was like oh no she's blind isn't she she's <laughs> definitely blind I don't I, I don't actually think she was blind but I was just terrified I was just like oh I've just picked on a blind girl for wearing sunglasses mm. I made the entire year like the entire incoming 2018-2019 year like look at her and I'm like <clears throat> making fun of her for wearing her blind girl sunglasses clearly I don't know anything about blind like she was just I, don't, I mean I don't know why she was I wearing I mean she them. may well have been autistic because I did not know this until a, a, a friend of friend of the show she's never been on the show she will be one day it's uh, Sarah Gibb who's a Radio 4 writer yeah. she wears sunglasses indoors because it apparently um, for comfort and she's very light sensitive which is part of her autism and I was like oh as soon as yeah. I think it's like takes two seconds someone says to you like hi yeah okay fine sure. you look fucking cool <laughs> like, yeah you look cool yeah, uh, you look really cool uh, you tweeted about something recently that must have been a scary experience and I would like you to tell me about that if that's okay I asked you for permission to ask you this question already <laughs> I'm not yes like, this thing that yeah. I tweeted about that must have been a scary experience well um, I would imagine it's quite anxiety inducing possibly yes. but I don't know I know that you're not referring to the fact that I did the gig with Rob Delaney not wearing any underwear 
I didn't notice, and I was sat very close. You were sat very close, but I was wearing a very long dress, very long tartan dress. Okay, no, dress like okay, so why were you... Um, why were you not wearing underwear? What? Just in case. No, I was not wearing underwear. <laughs> I was supposed to that badly. <laughs> What, sorry? sorry. You, you weren't wearing underwear. <laughs> I wasn't wearing underwear. I'm sorry. What, um, on, I mean, sorry, it's just a, yeah, something you do. Do you want to know why? Oh, no, I don't normally do that. I don't okay. know why. I also don't know why I tweeted about it. I went home. I took off my underwear because I was home. Right. Uh, and also I was wearing a different dress. I think I was wearing this dress. Um, and then there was no underwear in my room when mm-hmm. I was getting dressed again. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to wear this dress because it's the dress I'm wearing now because it was it's slightly more like cleavagey. So tempted to look under the desk. And I'm not going. Um, I'm wearing underwear and tights today. I'm not looking. Um, <laughs> but I I didn't want to wear this dress. I wore a different dress. And then I was like, I don't want to go all the way downstairs to the laundry room to get mm-hmm. underwear. Also, my dress came down past my knees. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just go commando to the gig. But then I was like, you've just done the thing of giving yourself something else to worry about. Out because that dress has ripped before and I was just like what if it rips on stage I'll just be naked uh, at the gig I love that you did that to yourself <laughs> it's like giving yourself like a yeah. it's like putting a rock in your shoe but n- to take your mind off you know like, like that's really smart but that's actually not gonna start doing it, a but good yeah. thing to yeah. like the reason like I was that night I think probably um, I shouldn't go on about this because I don't want all of this to be recorded for posterity. But oh, I sorry, think, yeah, to, anything you want to edit, by the way, just... But, uh, but no, I want to know why you didn't wear pants. <laughs> I, I think that normally I would be, like, maybe, like, more scared of doing the gig or more, like, starstruck mm. by the fact that I hadn't met Rob before and I was doing his gig and wanting to prepare it more because I'm very bad at, like, having a set thing that I do at gigs and I like to know when mm. I'm going to do something. But I had, like, a deadline to make and all this other stuff. So this gig was, like oh, this is a distraction from the other stuff you're worried about. And if you want to be worried about this gig, well, maybe wear no underwear and then you'll be worried about that instead of actually doing the gig. Mm -hmm. So instead of being scared about the thing you're about to do, you just kind of give yourself a new fear and then your gig becomes your safe haven from that thing. That's really smart. Yeah, that is is like putting a rock in your shoe or something putting a rock in your shoe just to um, like when you take the rock out it'll feel amazing when you put pants on it'll feel amazing I put pants on it felt amazing <laughs> I was so safe I was so my goat skull <sighs> was tucked in um, hi I'm Julia Rayside and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast Always There is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera, Howard's Way. I mean, if we're talking lacquer, we need to go back to Polly, who's got 28 cans of Elmet. It was definitely um, yeah. feeling horrible that you hadn't done your homework. Yeah. Obviously, Lynn is immediately in a bikini. It's, it's a freezing day in, I'm guessing, I February. I that swing pool, it's f***ing freezing. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's brilliant. Jack still feels very much at sea. I can't help reaching for these puns. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, but it's important. He doesn't really acknowledge how grave. What his... an ocean of trouble. Thank you. It is. This is why we got you on your there bloody screen. You That's all I've got. I'm leaving now. Available from your usual podcast supplier. Find us on Twitter at AlwaysTherePod. Somebody's nicked my bloody boat. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The thing I tweeted about that I believe you're referring to yeah. uh, is... Which is the reason I tweeted you and went, can we talk about this on the podcast when you come on? <laughs> Is I'm nothing but a ghoul for content. Tell me. Like, oh, are. this is a story. And mm. I was at the time, I don't know. Uh, I So I am queer and I... Congratulations. Thank and you. Black. And black. And <laughs> queer and We're black. We're finding out all kinds of information about you. So many. Right? Two for one. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily like chat to my fam about this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think some people have families where they're like, hey, like, look at this shit I did this morning. Hey, this is everything that's going on in my life. And my family isn't so much of a, like a sharing family in that way. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. not really relevant what I did on Friday night for my uncle to know about. Um, so we don't really talk about that stuff. But um, recently I've started... Um, uh, doing uh, doing more of the comedy. Mm-hmm. I've started doing uh, a lot of gigs which are kind of... I, I'm going to say I feel like they're either implicitly or explicitly queer gigs. Mm. For instance, I did a gig called Clitterati. <laughs> <laughs> implicitly or ex- explicitly queer? Uh, do, well, uh, just for people with clitorises. Just for people. could cover a lot of... Yeah, yeah. 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 just for yeah. people with clitorises. It's just a real... I mean, everyone's a fan. <laughs> real, <laughs> yeah, everyone's a fan of clitorises. Yeah, I did yeah. a gig uh, called The Lol Word. I got asked mm. uh, to do uh, UK Black Pride and I was like, maybe my mum, who I recently accepted on facebook we'll see that i'm doing these gigs and she might put two and two together and mm. get queer um so i was like i have to tell my mum that i am bisexual mm-hmm. but i also don't want to because i don't want to talk about the things um so it kind of got to the stage where I'd like spoken about it. Like I got put in a list, <laughs> got put in a list of um, queer, like queer and like lesbian and bi comedians to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, as did someone else who got themselves removed from the list um, because no one on that list. Well, no one. I think very a few people on that list hadn't really spoken explicitly about being mm-hmm. queer. I think it was just someone who saw us on a night out or <laughs> sure. put two and two together. Or just kind of got queer. Yeah, just I mean, there, there were very few oh, visible female comedians, let alone visible queer comedians, let alone visible queer comedians of colour. It would just be like, any, please, did you ever hold a girl's hand? Yeah. Did, you ever, did you ever watch Ellen? Did you, <laughs> uh, Jade Adams, uh, and I can say this because she says it on stage oh. all the time, she was on, she was Diva's bisexual comedian of the year and she said she hasn't eaten pussy since 2007. <laughs> <laughs> she said that on stage Amazing. at a musical several times so I feel like it's okay to say that but um, yeah that, is uh, that really made, uh, as a line that's pretty yeah. that is great yeah. oh yeah. my god over te- over a decade ago yeah. D- you know she still, made, like- she still made the list and that you know it's not like she was embarrassed about it <laughs> that's like Proustian pussy it's like <laughs> she like has a taste she has like a particularly good like oh sure. no I don't know what food is like a vagina 
Um, yeah, I mean, we know what the obvious one is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you're going to go back to one. I'm just going to say oyster. She has an oyster and then it takes her back to 2007. <laughs> just like, like in Ratatouille. She has a good Ratatouille. <laughs> just like Ratatouille. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so anyway, there was a list. So you're appearing on lots of uh, queer comedians queer, to watch out for. Lists. Yeah, lots of queer, queer media. media. Yeah. And I actually... And I queer, actually, queer is doing a lot of heavy lifting at the moment for a lot of different things. Yeah, so I know. So it can mean... It can mean so many things. It just mean pink hair. It can. It just <laughs> well, means, no, I, I, you, yeah. you have pink hair. I have pink hair, and I'm you still queer. Do. I feel, I'm yeah. queer. Really, I'm I'm older than you, are, and I find queer hard to get. But I also I've just learned to stop saying bisexual, just as everyone is saying bisexual. Yes. It's gone yeah. round again. It's gone when round I was, again. When I was a youth, because um, I'm four hundred years old, uh, bisexual yeah. basically meant you kissed girls at discos mm. so the boys would buy you Bacardi Breezers and it would and, and uh, if men said they were bisexual it meant that they um, okay. were on the t- on the way to gay town yeah. because it turns out that men really fucking think quite a lot of themselves <laughs> so it's oh, like yeah. women are just re- bisexual women are really into men and bisexual men are really into men because men are so fucking yeah. amazing yeah. that exactly. was basically yeah. the gist so in the 90s it was very embarrassing to be bisexual unless you're Brass Anderson from Suede okay. so it was but then I sort of you get comfortable with it as a kind of as you get older and realize that no one wants to know about your sex life anyway so it's <laughs> no, fine like, like, no, no one cares and then uh, the phrase pansexual came along and I was like I will happily embrace it but I will think I, I fuck pans uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every yeah. T- if I have to say it Pans, what, what I'm pans, queer, I guess, pansexual. Queer, yeah. I fuck pans, um, but you, but, but um, I'm glad to hear that the, the, the bisexual word is. is um, I don't know. It still feels a bit like yeah. there is a bit of um, biphobia, um, mm, bi erasure, bi erasure, not just a tribute act. No. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so sorry. Amazing. No, that was great. I applaud you. That's wonderful. Um, I'm so yes. sorry. Yes, there Even is a lot of yes, biracial is a thing. That's actually one of my fears. Oh no, not one of my one of my fears is lesbian censure. Um, yeah. Well, can we get on, yeah, when we get onto that, we're going to get onto that in a bit. But you sent me but a list. Yeah, no, 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 I'll we'll talk because it really made me laugh. You sent me. We were talking about the fear you live with now, and you're like, oh, I hate. You sent you sent me a link to something, and you said I hate caving, and then you put underneath that lesbian erasure or lesbian um, censure. Censure, mm-hmm. and I was like, does caving hate lesbians? And I read this whole caving <laughs> website. Going, is this really homophobic? What is it? Yeah, like, what are they doing? Like, they, they only want to go. They haven't met the right man holes. yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, is it like what's it saying about these caves? No, caves. I spent a just... really long time reading that website. <laughs> going, I'm so sorry. Getting ready to be angry. <laughs> They're just like I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting there was for it. There was a crucial comma missing in that bit. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, where was I? So yeah, hmm. I'm, I'm appearing in all this queer media, and I think yes. my mum, who basically like comes to loads of my gigs mm. like it's very like very proud very um like i don't know well she's she's very present mm. um and wonderful. which is really nice mm. and but sometimes i'm like mom like <laughs> don't get involved don't look at this media so i was like it's only a matter of time before she finds out do i really want her to find out by herself um I should just tell her. Or she would, might make some huge assumption based on the fact that you're on a list and might think that you're lesbian or she might think that you're, you know, there's all kinds of yeah things going yeah, on where, where she would have a conversation with her and seems to make sense, yeah. Yes, that, that does sound like a good idea. It does sound like a good idea. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do that. I actually did, I came out to my brother on um, a, what's it called, FaceTime because he has a Google alert on my name, very cute, and I was Aww. like, I've been in this Pick News article, he's going to see it, i got to call him. So I was like... <laughs> <laughs> 
hey brother how are you and he was like in like uh michigan in this like tech company and he was like yeah like i'll speak to you my breakout time came out to my brother he was like cool don't care um but then to my mum, I was like, how do I make sure that she's, like, listening and also that I'm not in any, like, sort of immediate mm. danger? Um, so <laughs> I decided... I'm on a list. I'm on a list. Not like that. I'm on a list, mum. Um, it's like final destination. <laughs> Once you're on the list. Once you're on the list. Oh, God. Um, I didn't have the choice to be removed from the list, but I... I decided to stay on the mm. list um, because, you know, I think it's... I think it's... I was like... I think it's important that so a lot of the other people on the list were a very people that would like read and properly identify generally as lesbian mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of bi women on the list mm. uh, and there was only other one other bi women of colour on the list but I think it's important to I think with a lot of uh, bisexual women or women who uh, sleep with men and non-binary people as well you feel like you're not enough to be like queer or to be accepted or it's not really like you you have to be like approximating either like a straight woman or a gay woman and I was like you can be like me and exist Mm. (laughs) I saw a yeah I completely I completely agree I think it's really important I mean I I, awkward talking about sexuality but I also feel like politically you should talk about sexuality mm. regardless of how much you think people don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I'm talking about me here. Yeah, <laughs> Why? Stop talking. Um, uh, but I saw this thing on Facebook that really made me laugh. It was someone was booking a gig. Um, a comedian was booking a gig and they put up a thing saying, I'm looking for LGBTQ plus plus acts. Mm. Um, and someone had replied saying like, I'm bisexual. Is 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 that enough? Or does that count? Oh. I'm bisexual. Does that count? And I replied to reply to going. I think that's the T-shirt slogan for the bisexual society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like if there was a flag, it would say underneath. Does it count? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, but that's that. That yeah. is that is the thing. And but mm. although I did see. Um, a comedian I'm pretty sure is not bisexual being like oh I'll do it if you'll have me and I was like but are <laughs> you gigs a gig yeah <laughs> gigs a gig I, get, I run a night that like uh, it's called Wacky Races and platforms comedians of colour but doesn't yeah. exclusively book comedians of colour mm. but I get a lot of white acts that I don't know being like hey can I can I do <gasps> this do gig they, do they say I get it yeah <laughs> hey I get it <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, yeah, yes, but like, do you understand? I mean, we, we don't need to go into that because I feel like a lot of people don't read the uh, description of the night. Um, yeah. Because I like, yeah. Well, I'm they might be like, you know, A is for ally, uh, oh, which is important. A is for ally. Uh, a is yeah. for ally. People have said, I have had, like, I'm in a house show, which at the moment is all people of colour, and they put up, like, uh, POC friendly and some person was like oh well we're like Finnish and like no, like we're very colourful <laughs> and I was like oh god like the blue man group yeah I don't it's just like they were like oh we are in a, they were like we are in a way people of colour because we are very colourful and it's like just what just say with some like like yeah. don't no yeah oh wow anyway amazing well congrats so you told your mum I told my mum and I decided to tell her um, in a preview that I was doing oh you did it on stage I did it on stage oh, oh you did not know this absolute comedian I know like, that's the most stand upy thing I've ever heard yeah go on you, did you not know that I did it on stage I did not know you did it on stage I, I thought it was like a tender like in the living oh, room oh no 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 see I don't mind using your content as my content now using your life as my content because you did it on stage <laughs> yeah no it's fine what did I did you it. say 
in a preview and I knew I was going to do it and um, well she didn't say anything because it was a gig um, of course she didn't shout so out <laughs> I just did it in some material um, she actually because she's like so fucking chill she was trying to like leave the room just before the bit that was going to happen and um, my partner was like don't leave and she was like I'm just going to go and buy mm. a drink and he was like no and she was like really disgruntled mm. like why is he making me stay and I did it and then I just had to do another 30 minutes material. And so I did not take it out and I did it and she watched it. And then, and she'd also invited like some family friends <gasps> to be there. Amazing. Which is just like, why have these people come from like Stansted? Probably not Stansted, like Reading or something. So like watch <laughs> me coming out to I my mum. I don't know Stansted. And yeah, and then she came over and I was, she was like, oh, pansexual, eh? And I was like, <gasps> oh, uh, yeah. Then she's like, and then we just moved on. Sorry. <laughs> she was like, you have sex with pants? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Is my kitchen safe? Um, and then we just didn't talk about it. Yeah. But that was quite nice because it was like, we just not talked about it. And then she gave me a lift to my house after the gig, which was nearby. And we took a selfie for some reason. Oh. But like, just, we just took a selfie in the car and I saw her and it was yeah. like normal, which was good because it felt like... It was a normal selfie. It was a normal selfie. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, I told her and she doesn't... Like, there's nothing bad that's happened from this and I don't have to deal with anything bad. And then I went to UK Black Pride, which was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was nice. I came out to my mum on stage. I'm such a comedian. Uh, I feel like we will have to have conversations about it Mm. probably at some point but it's nice that it's not a huge thing yeah that we have that is a problem that's like rent or a secret that you're worried or a secret found out oh yeah Yeah. I mean I'm not going to tell a lot of my family about it ever Mm -hmm. um, because they are very Christian right Um, so I'm never going to tell them well they'll forgive you (laughs) oh no 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 no, my mum my mum yeah comes from Cameroon and uh, from quite a rural village where it's quite conservative Mm. but also um the chief has like a little museum and I went to the chief's museum and it was like duties of the chief and one of the duties of the chief was to like keep vampires and um vampires and witches away from the village wow yeah and I was like oh I can't really be gay here <laughs> can't be gay in this village yeah yeah I think, the, the, I think vampires we, and witches we sort of might know what like, they're yeah. saying with vampires and witches yeah, they're, yeah it's all kind of wrapped up in yeah, yeah. I mean it also I think Similar it genuinely does mean vampires and witches yeah. but also like most spooky things are gay coded so. oh yeah no yeah. I mean witches is very gay code and vampires yeah. I think it's quite gay code immortal, oh yeah maybe that's maybe that's literally what it doesn't yeah it, it, who, who only stalk at night yeah there's a, there's a lot mm. of crossover between the two cultures yeah. I think well it's nice to be witchy yeah I'm witch powers secret house my goat skull so Sophie, let's talk about your three choices. Before we recorded, I sent you an email asking you to send me, have a think about three things, what we like to do on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, a fear from your childhood, a fear you live with now, and uh, your favourite scary moment from film or TV. And for your favourite scary moment from film or TV, 
you sent me well, you sent me two things about you said one was a clip from a horror film which I'm really happy to talk about okay and the other thing you said really intrigued me because you said the entire premise <laughs> of the film knocked up yes yeah I'm gonna them off. <laughs> which I love as being like scary I get yeah, it yeah no, but it's terrifying because there's okay so Knocked Up is a film about um, I, it's a long time since I've seen it because mm. I don't think I've I don't think it merited a rewatch I think it is quite a funny film anyway um, it has someone making one of the jokes is that they want to say the word abortion yeah and they don't want to say it out loud yeah classic comedy um it's about this like hot girl who gets pregnant Catherine Hagel Catherine Hagel and then keeps the baby she gets pregnant in a one night stand with Seth Rogen oh yeah in a one night stand with Seth Rogen Mm. and then keeps the baby for literally no good reason yeah the keeping yeah I think it's like Juno in the sense that it's it's like if she did decide to not keep the baby you wouldn't have a film so this has to be the story of the woman keeping the baby I get it's just it's It's just never even discussed that she was going to keep it's like she's trapped like oh you have to keep a child if you are pregnant for off a one night stand she's trapped and like a lot of the films she's projecting like I don't want to be around you or do this or have your baby Mm. but I kind of have to because I had that one night stand um I um, must have a romantic relationship with this but Bridget Jones's baby is really have you seen that I have seen that I saw it on a plane that's so oh me too oh. that's, that's <laughs> yeah, it's, it is literally a plane film uh, it's, the, it's so weird because that is literally like not only do you have to have a baby if you get pregnant from a one night stand you have to marry the person that got you pregnant like it's some, like it's a sort of Jane Austen novel or something it's like yeah. well obviously she does all these DNA tests and stuff doesn't she and it's like who's going to be the father and, I, and she picks yeah, she it's... she picks who like it's like it doesn't matter which one she fancies two guys and it doesn't matter which one she fancies she ha- it's like the the whole film relies on the promise that she's going to have to marry the one yeah. who's and you're just like that's not okay yeah can you not just marry the other one and have a kid no mm, no, no because we live in no <laughs> they, he has to own the Handmaid's Tale or yeah. something yeah no I also yeah. I mean I have feelings about Thin Bridget but. Um, <laughs> I just was like, I was like if you're gonna do the films and not be British at least be like yeah anyway I mean I get that she like grew up and became Renee Zellweger there's no um, way Renee Zellweger was putting on the weight again she's like film. no this is not happening no but she yeah and she I mean I I'm, no I'm not gonna cuss out a woman for doing stuff no, to her face because we live in a society that makes women do weird shit yeah, to their face and it's fine that and you she, don't pick that face yeah. do you it just happens because you do too many fillers and then you either disappear from life forever or you keep on working and she kept on working and yeah (laughs) oh yeah but not up it's just I mean I just found it very profoundly depressing and scary (laughs) and the thought that you could make a wrong decision and it would just have this hold over your life forever it was just a yeah quite a scary yeah I love that that's really chilled you Juno was also mm. she keeps but it's the, it, Juno wasn't as scary I felt like that had more justification of why she would want yeah, to yeah I mean you sort of get she's that kind of kid yeah. who sees it as a, another world adventure yeah um yeah the Catherine Hagel one doesn't but, the, but she's because she got really upset at the time when the film came out um that she's sort of the shrill character in it with no good jokes and stuff and, and all the um, actors in it went like oh well she just didn't improv and join in and all that kind of stuff and then you watch those Judd Apatow films now and they're like they are a bit all the yeah, yeah. they are a bit 
Loki. They're not as like they were really the fact that they were groundbreaking tells you what the ground was like yeah. back then. Yeah, it's like, before oh, wow, knocked up is genuinely quite feminist and has like a crowning shot of a baby being born and yeah. has uh, two funny female characters in it. When you're like, okay, so and and then everything and but you're like, yeah, no, that was slim pickings back then for Jesus. equality in a in a in a comedy or people talking about feelings or yeah yeah. Wow, that is depressing. That is scary. It is, but it's the but future you know now. It's look how far we've come. I think it's no. I think it's great when you watch yeah. stuff from twenty years ago and it's completely unacceptable. Oh because yeah, because no, it should be. Yeah, like otherwise nothing's moved on. Um, well, wow. I watched the homophobia episode of The Simpsons the other day, and it's completely. Um, it's a, so uh, John Waters is in it. Do you know John Waters, the yes. gay filmmaker, um, and he is the guest star in it. And the whole episode is Homer thinks. Uh, Bart might be gay oh. and it starts off at going well of course you wouldn't ever accept your child being gay and it would be the worst thing in the world like that, oh, that is the wow. baseline level of the episode and yet it's still really funny and has great jokes in it and has a really touching bit at the end where he's like I don't maybe I'm concussed but I don't mind if you might turn out to be gay and it's like meant to be this really tender moment and you sort of go now it's appalling then it was actually yeah it was, just, it was quite it was like oh my God, a things. character on tv has just said they didn't mind if their son was going to be gay or not like it was massive yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's good it should be that's that's yeah, yeah. no it's good it's good it is good but um yeah i love that <laughs> knocked up is your favorite scary film it's so really <laughs> Um, you also mentioned to me that something you were frightened of as a child and again I love this because this is absolutely mine is uh, phoning people's parents or Pete speaking on the phone oh yeah yeah oh god yeah oh god no it's just quite I was just quite like just like a geeky kid and quite um, worried about yeah I just was worried about doing it I actually got um, I actually I like wrote out like possible scenarios what could happen like I practiced to you make drew, like flow charts for if you had to speak to someone on the phone yeah and, and like okay. what I would You're say like, my, my god um yeah this, I was yeah. just like what if they asked me this and I'll just be like this is what I'm calling to say and like this is um mm-hmm. like what I would say back and I was just so like so scared of it so scared of doing it I think I was just I think I had quite a lot of shame quite a lot of healthy shame uh, and but what about what about speaking on the phone? No, we're just about like. Why was I scared of it? I think. I think I was just scared of their opinion of me. I think other people's right. opinion of me was very important. So if I ever, ever stuck my neck out and was visible, mm. then. I had to make sure that it was in the right way, and mm. I got told that a lot. Um, that you have to like be like an ambassador like oh, okay. as a black woman a black but like woman. you have to like people will judge like people judge all black people basically i saw this when i was like very well you I've, just said to yourself this happens to you all the time yeah suddenly and if you're doing this white audience and do your you're you're, you're this yeah, white person for all just, black people yeah it's uh so, yeah. so i was just and um i think once when i was living like one of my neighbors was like um my cousin was passing who was visiting us and this is a, and one person was talking about our house and she was like that's the black house <gasps> I know um, black house it wasn't black it was a lovely shade of red um, <laughs> and I just kind of had this feeling that if I put the wrong foot out when I was 
being in public that it would be like it would have these terrible consequences and I always had to be very well behaved and I felt like adults were like the arbiters and judges of people and what was acceptable and you always had to impress them so I was very scared about other people's parents because I didn't know what Mm. kind of what they were doing but also I just yeah like wanted to have friends and one it was just it's just a yeah you're kind of trapped on the phone it's yeah I mean it's it's because when you said it I kind of assumed it was like I think most of us now are terrible at phone calls Mm. to the point where we would rather die texting and driving than <laughs> hit speaker on a phone and make a phone call um i think it's just an occurred like yeah it's um it, people don't like being on the phone but that's yeah. a whole new level of, of um that you felt like there was that this was your this was all built up in what your parents had told you how you had to behave yeah I mean, and I, how you present yourself and what you're representing and stuff i mean that's huge i mean i hate talking on the phone because i get I, I feel Claustrophobic. I feel trapped in. Yeah, a, you're trapped. You're trapped in the core. Yeah. Tell just, me about caving because I, I, lo- I just love when I said, "Please tell me about a fear you live with now." And you said caving and lesbian uh, erasure. Lesbian. Yeah. Um, uh, which are two different things. Okay. And not there Ooh. was a comma out of place, but yes, there was. Yeah. Yes. Have you ever been caving? I have been caving. <gasps> I think I did it in year six, maybe. Uh-huh. It was like a sort of adventure uh, weekend, like year six adventure weekend. We did caving, we did abseiling, we did potholing, which is like mm-hmm. caving, but there's even less fucking point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we, like it was mini caving, mm-hmm. I think. Or maybe we did potholing instead of caving. Caving is where you just... <laughs> It likes stressing me out to talk about it. I don't know why people. I'm sorry. Do we it. Don't, yeah, this no, is we can't talk about having a podcast it. about fears. Please unpack. No, your, like this thing not, that really freaks we're you out. We're not caving now. Me. I just. Yeah. Oh, like it just. Why? Okay, so there was recently why that thing you? where I think, why would you is a really good instinct. Why caving. would you why do the it? Fuck would why you do would that? you go yeah. under the ground? I'm really sorry for those boys, but why? Why would it's just such? It's so stupid it's such a terrible mm. idea and it's also the, the the website i sent you was a website in wales so it's it's going to be cold yeah it's cold water there's loads of really nice things to do in wales there's yeah. loads of nice walking there's sheep there's there's pubs it, it, uh, no no control absolutely help yeah I, I yeah it's um yeah it sounds horrible but why but then why do, why do people do it why I do people understand. i don't why would anyone, oh, i yeah. feel like no why do no I don't. I sorry. I, this, this is the same route again. But I don't see what joy you could derive from going yeah. down into the earth no in a maze. If you love caving, why would you, you love caving? And, unless there is actual yeah. treasure. Unless you're looking for treasure. <laughs> this is the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> I just. But why would you go? Any anything that you sort of deal with on a day to day basis that is scary. That makes you feel scared. Uh, That's a big question, I know. What do I do? What am I scared about today? Mm, I guess uh, scared of not being able... I mean, I get overwhelmed, like, Mm. with stress, the amount of things I have to do. I get scared that I'm not funny (laughs) and I can't write. Um, I get scared that people don't like me. That uh, people, like, get tired of me or bored of me. Uh, and I also get scared that uh, I think I'm scared of like being mediocre I think if you're like oh I'm different you're like okay well I've got to be like different and weird and exceptional and stuff mm. 
And then if you are like, maybe I'm not that special, that's quite a scary thing. Cause yeah, that's, re- that's really interesting. Yeah, fear of, me- fear of being mediocre. Yeah. You put yourself out there as much as you possibly can, and then you're still... Yeah. Still... Just, yeah. Just not that that's, great. That's, that's, that's a really beautiful turn of phrase, fear of mediocrity. I love it. Uh, what are your coping mechanisms for such things? How do I stop being scared? I went uh, yesterday night, I, in between, like... Got the bus home and was like, okay, I'm writing this funny scene between this boy and this dinosaur. And then I got home and I was like, I've got to just take a breath and be. So I took all my clothes off and I made like a little fort in my bed. I was like, lay there. <laughs> and was really like, I was like, I set my watch timer for my, so I was still wearing my, I was still wearing my stand-up watch. And I lay down underneath this blanket that I bought this summer. And I was just like, I'm just going to be and just not like be a creature of like thoughts and anxieties and mental stuff I'm just gonna be and obviously you do still have thoughts but just kind of setting was good also yeah it sounds like, it's like, like a sort of meditation kind of. yeah do you do um, breathing do you control your breathing um I try to sometimes but I have to do that very consciously I have to be like mm-hmm. come on do that i've mm. i've realized that i don't like have a lot of um my, a lot of my strategies have been just be like just get on with it and mm. now i'm like what can i do to make myself calm um something that i find really good <laughs> oh no it's like the worst thing like so have you ever <laughs> i don't do this to calm myself down <laughs> but it's one of the times when i find uh, myself really grounded so if i go for a run mm. um i like to do this but like try and f- try and make up a reason why I'm doing it is the fact if you hug a tree nice I've never tried that oh it's I've just started running because oh. after like a thousand years of people going you know you're depressed you should go for a run and you're like you know you can go and fuck yourself I, I realise that when you're not depressed but you know it might be around the corner if you go for a run then you start yeah. running and then by the time you're depressed like it's yeah, um, you're running can, you're running uh, so as long as you learn to run in the bit before you get depressed you can go for a run when you're depressed you can't just start running when you're depressed it's no. a really bad idea <laughs> that's a terrible idea <laughs> this is a hugging a tree tell me about hugging a, hugging a tree, a tree. Yeah. okay so if you hug a tree a big tree not like a little sapling you've got to get a big tree like this sounds ridiculous but trees are so grounded and you put your fucking hell no, this is ridiculous you, 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 but I was yeah. around a tree and it's just like this is so big and unshakable and solid oh so old and so there and so there it's just like a solid big thing but it's a living thing and even if you're like dizzy or feeling sick or something you're just like holding the tree and the tree is not gonna move but then you're like I'm in Crystal Park and people are going to look at me so I've got to pretend this is like a weird stretch but it's just like a few seconds oh, of like especially when you're tired at the end of the run you like hold it and you're kind of okay, in like breath and you just like hold the tree and it's good mm. mate I'm, doesn't work with I'm, buildings no I yeah we could, well they're not they could go at any time but yeah. trees have been there a long time trees have been there a I like it they don't, they don't care about you no they're, they're like oh I love it no I'm totally going to hug a tree please hug a tree Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.